We need to talk about the Series X, Microsoft's chat, and a lot more. Happy Friday, friends. It is Friday. It's it's middle of June. In middle of June, we're approaching the longest day of sunlight in the Northern Hemisphere, which is on the 21st, which means the start of the summer. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with that intro. But anyways, hopefully you had a wonderful week. There's some interesting things to talk about. Fewer topics, but they are bigger topics. So let's just dive into the news. So this week, Microsoft per usual, uh, dropped a bunch of different insider builds. Uh, Windows 11 can now detect if you're interacting with toast notifications for specific for specific apps, and in some cases can turn them off. This is something that felt like it's been long overdue, but those annoying toast flyouts that, I don't know, personally, I have mine set to just like uh, snooze all the time or whatever, quiet time, just about every minute of the day because they're just... I, the notification has become more of a distraction than anything else, but either way, they are going to get a little bit smarter and start hiding ones that you don't interact with, well, ever. Uh, Dev insiders can also use the, oh, I don't have my Surface Pen, can use the Surface Pen to write on input fields. It feels like this is something that should have been there a long time ago, but you can take your Surface Pen, write on your Surface screen, and do some surfacing inputting on your Windows device if you have a supported device. Uh, Microsoft is also now, speaking of Surface devices, offering replacement hardware. This is actually a really big win for DIYers who like to, well, I don't know, fix their own computers because what a crazy idea that is. Uh, when did they launch? 2012 Surface? I don't know, somewhere around there, but more than a decade after launch, it's now easier to get replacement parts for your Surface PC, which is always a good thing. There's some big changes on the Intel side. Now, people are going to say, Brad, they're just branding changes. But these are actually pretty significant when you kind of just, let, let's just talk about it here. So, uh, Intel is dropping the i, so it's no longer Intel Core i3. It is just Intel Core 3, Core 5, or Core 7. Now, their top line, or their higher performance, are called uh, Core Ultra 5, Ultra 7, and Ultra 9. So, the Ultra indicating premium. Confusing somewhat, there's no longer a Core 9, uh, which was previously like the i9, but there now is the Ultra 9. So the 9 series is really like their flagship stuff. You can only get it in the Ultra variety. It makes me wonder a couple things here. First, are they doing this because of what Apple has done with the M2, where they have relatively-ish simple uh, SKUs, where they have like M2, Max, and Ultra, and so maybe Intel is trying to follow that so that they don't have to have some sort of like branding and marketing wars against Apple, which, as we all know, is extremely hard to do. And so maybe they're just saying like, look, now's the time to do it. Now, something that is not time to do, I don't think anybody should buy a CPU right now, unless you are desperate for upgrading your PC or you find like a really good deal. The We're on the cusp of these NPUs being sort of brought whole house into these CPUs or, or, or the system on a chip packages. If you are looking to upgrade for a chip that's going to last for a long time, uh, you might want to just hold on to your horses for a little bit. Meteor Lake and beyond should include a lot of AI or AI, Intel's AI capabilities, which means that if you buy the generation today, you are buying like the best of last generation or last, I don't know, generation is probably not even the right term, last like style or like genre or era, I guess. And Meteor Lake is supposed to usher in sort of like a new era. I guess you could maybe make an argument on the Intel side that when they went to their min-max uh, sort of ARM style layout, was a Gen 12? That maybe that was the end of the era and like this is whatever. doesn't matter. I personally think everybody should wait for Meteor Lake if you're planning to build a new PC or upgrade 
So don't buy an Intel CPU or AMD or just wait until the fall, realistically, for both Team Red and Team Blue. I think that's uh, a pretty big deal. Uh, also, personal sort of business news. So my company, we, we released Groupie 2 this week. Groupie lets you add tabs to all of your favorite applications. Quite literally, if you've ever said, I wish I had browser tabs on every app, that's what Groupie 2 does. It's a really cool app. Uh, it is now a version 1.0 ready for general release. There'll be a link in the description. On to the gaming news, because there's even more gaming news, especially one really salient thing we need to dig into. Uh, there was obviously the big event over the weekend. Sunday's technically this week, so I guess I could have wrapped it all up into this podcast, but not going to because it's been about a week. Either way, universally, it seems like Microsoft did a pretty darn good job. Grabbed the attention, grabbed some headlines, and there wasn't too much fluff or things that really distracted uh, from anything else. So they got pretty good praise for it. But one of the things pointed out that came out also this week, Hi-Fi Rush, which has been was sort of like a sleeper hit that came out of nowhere, obviously. So they shadow dropped it, did really well, is getting a couple new modes, enemies, music, and more, and then with the arcade challenge update for people who like that. Now, we couldn't do a weekly podcast without talking about the weekly thing of the week, which is the FTC. So, uh, first notable point here is that Microsoft sort of won an initial, like, uh, sparring battle, if you will, because originally Microsoft and the FTC were scheduled to go to court, I believe it was in August, and now they're going to be headed to court on June 22nd and 23rd, which, you know, really brings up that timeline. So, Microsoft, that's a win for Microsoft, but how and why did this happen? Well, Microsoft, I believe, intentionally started floating through the media. They're like, look, we might be able to just ram this through and just deal with it on the back end. And the FTC is like, no, 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 we can't, you can't do that. And so they put an official injunction in place and the court said, yep, officially Microsoft, you cannot close this deal. And to, you know, to rule on that, if you can or cannot close that thing, we're going to set a date uh, for June 22nd, 23rd. And so if Microsoft can get through all that, then I believe they would be authorized to then close. So it really just speeds up Microsoft timeline. And realistically, if they can get through that, then I think they might be able to hit their July 18th deadline. The July 18th might sound arbitrary, but that was, the, I believe, the official date in the contract with Activision. If they don't close by the 18th, then they have to renegotiate and or potentially pay, not and or, or potentially pay $3 billion breakup fee uh, if they cannot get it done. So that's a really big deal. Also, speaking of really big things in the Xbox world, let's let's dive into the Starfield thing first of all. So Starfield announced that, hey, look, the game's going to run at 30 frames per second. That's just what it is. It's not going to be 60 frames per second. Deal with it. Not, they didn't quite say deal with it. Like, Starfield is a massive game. And to get it optimized to do 60 frames per second apparently is just not on the cutting board for making the release. It's just something they don't have time to do. And so... The question becomes is like, where do you fall on the spectrum? Some people are very, they're like, look, this is the biggest, most ambitious game we've ever seen. And 30 frames per second to get it out the door on time, we'll accept that. Then there's the other camp. It's like, but this is next gen gaming. We were promised 60 frames per second. And suddenly you're telling us that that's not happening. And then it also didn't happen with Redfall at launch. And so where, you know, where do we land? Well, in the midst of all this, Phil Spencer also said that he doesn't believe that there needs to be a mid gen upgrade. Now, this is more in line with speculation that people were thinking about the Xbox One X. Remember how that console came out? Not came out of nowhere, but uh, codenamed Scorpion. It just kind of showed up and gave better performance. People are wondering, it's like, well, it's been a couple of years since the Series X launched. Uh, we can't get 60 frames per second on some titles. Maybe there would be. And then Phil Spencer's like, eh, he says it doesn't feel imperative. Uh, so I would not expect a Series X bump at this time. Remember, we just saw the Series S get a storage bump, not a performance bump, but a storage bump. 
Here's, the, I think, the big problem, right? Microsoft came to market with the Series X in their own words that that's the most powerful console. It eats monsters for breakfast. And then all of a sudden it's choking out on the one thing that we most want, 60 frames per second. And so the narrative for buying an Xbox Series X is really not great anymore. I've said it time and time again that Series S is probably fine for the vast majority of people. And then you see what is happening with uh, Redfall and with Starfield. And it's like, okay, well, what's the performance gain you really get with the Series X? Somebody's going to chime in and say, Brad, it's 4K. Let me tell you, my friends, unless you're sitting really close to your TV, you can't tell. Uh, like you have to be sitting like at something like less than like seven feet on a really large TV to really be able to pick out the difference. And so at that point, 1080p is completely acceptable and fine. Now people are going to, and I totally get why Microsoft made the Series X. They needed that marketing capacity to say, look, we, we know we're, the, we're coming into this as the underdog and we need marketing. And so having the most powerful gaming console is the best way for us to go to market that will give us an advantage. And it was, I totally understand that, but the, the narrative after the marketing, after the product is launched, has been less than ideal, right? We, it, someone's gonna say, but Brad, there are plenty of 60 frames per second Series X games. You are right, I'm not arguing with that, but you know what you also have to do? You have to make a choice, typically between creative mode or performance mode. And basically you either get 4K 60, but with lower fidelity, or you get uh, lower frame rate, but higher quality images. So like the trade-off has always been there. We have yet to see, neither console, by the way, is a true rock hard 4K 60 frames per second across all titles all the time. And so it's interesting. The question like I, I kind of boils down to is like, should you even buy a Series X? Like, is this in the same camp as potentially like the Intel chips? Like it's like, why would you buy, why would you tell somebody to buy a Series X? Yes, you will get slightly better performance, but you're also paying quite a bit more, several hundred dollars, depending on which SKU you pick up. And it just the narrative for buying the Series X just is not strong, it is especially when you look at hero titles like Starfield. And so we'll see how the rest of the generation plays out. But it, it surely feels like that the Series X truly cannot run 4K 60 frames per second across all titles, which actually that's not even theory craft. That is actual reality. And so here we are. Here we are. And that's where this mid-gen recycle uh, updates came from. Because it's like, well, we'd love to run Starfield 60 frames per second. Give us a better box and we'll do it. Speaking of Series X, well, I just said I don't know if you should buy one. I am enthralled by these. These are some Porsche limited edition consoles they're going to be giving away. Uh, I quite fancy the Martini livery. If you are on the audio, you can. it's the very end of the news section of the podcast on the video. You can see this image. I think some of these look fantastic. I'm not a, a fan of all of them, but I've always had a fan for that Martini livery on the Porsches. Ooh, and that would be nice to own. That would be nice to own, my friends. And so, yeah. All right, let's dive into the questions of the week. I just smacked a cable. Always my favorite part of the week. Oasis dropping in, saying, I'm trying to get a one-click solution. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to get a one-click solution to launching four to six Notepad or WordPad instances every morning. What is the easiest way to do this? Can Groupie 2 work with WordPad? So, uh... Yes, this is, okay, I promise this was not a planted question. I don't know Oasis uh, in any capacity, but Groupy2 would allow you to do this. Groupy2 has a feature where you can create a group. So think, take six instances of WordPad, group them together. In the top left corner, you can click 
the down arrow and click save group as and then save it as whatever and then you can pin that to your taskbar so then you will have one icon that you click on the taskbar and it will launch multiple instances pre-grouped in a tabbed arrangement and so it should do that you might be able to get away with it using some sort of script uh, as well just a simple script that just fires up six instances of wordpad i'm assuming that you can run multiple instances of wordpad i'm not as familiar with it with say like notepad but you should be able to do that you could potentially use a script, ask ChatGPT to write you a script, and potentially that could be a less elegant but working solution. Uh, Jim Chaplin says, with Intel's new horrible branding announcements, the branding is horrible. <laughs> uh, while the announcement is simply meh, what are your some of your, some of your favorite god-awful product announcements? Oh, okay, so Microsoft, ha uh, Microsoft had one called Fig Jam. Let me see, that might have been a code name, though. Uh, Microsoft Fig Jam. Yeah, they have one called Fig Jam uh, a long time ago, I believe. And then there was, what is the name of the Google, uh, Google, that collab board thing? Google collab board on wheels. What is the name of that thing? I can't, Jamboard. So you got Figma or Fig Jam and Jamboard. Those are probably my two like sort of tech uh, tech focus. I mean, you could also look at the other classic in the industry is Netflix when they tried to spin out their DVD business and called it Quickster and they didn't have like the Twitter account and everything else. So those are, those are three off the top of my head that I can think of. Mr. PKA dropping a double dose says, uh, you saw all the games on Sunday in the Xbox game showcase. What are you actually excited about? What was missing? Are you still only excited about Starfield? Okay, Starfield aside, we'll take Starfield, pick it up, put it over here because I'm quite excited about that. Towerborn looked pretty interesting too. Uh, I've been, I gotta, you can actually get into Towerborn if you are one of those, if you join their insider program. I have not played it myself. Uh, Towerborn looks pretty interesting just because I like those style of games. And so uh, tower defense games, at least I think it's a tower defense-like type game. That's how it appeared, at least in the video. Uh, I've always enjoyed tower defense style games. So Towerborn would be up there. Valve looks interesting and that's what coming in 2024, but no specific date. And so, yeah, I think that's that's pretty pretty high on the list. Uh, Forza, I mean, Forza I will absolutely play just because I can go get all the Porsches and the Martini livery. Actually, I don't know if I can do Martini livery and the new one. Either way, uh, I'll, I'll play Forza just because it's Forza, but it's, I'm not, it's not something I'm, like, desiring. And so what I hope to see, here's what I hope to see. I hope to be able to play Starfield this fall. I hope to be able to play uh, Towerboard this fall. And maybe Call of Duty will be joining Game Pass finally uh, this fall. That would make for a fun arrangement. And Mr. Joe Finn wrapping it up. He says, uh, oh, Mr. PK, I had a second one. I forgot I forgot his double dose. Uh, it seems like there's no value in paying more for the Xbox Series X. Yeah, that was the point I was trying to hit earlier. Is there any value add outside of the disc player? So the value add of the Series X, potentially, if you compare it directly to the Series S, the, the entry-level SKU. So you'd have a disc drive. You would have... Uh, more storage out of the box, right? Because for the initial one, the Series S comes with what, 500 gigs or something uh, like that. And you get one terabyte with a Series X. And then also in some titles, you do get higher performance like 4K and 60 frames per second. Just depends. It's just not a universal experience. And so those are uh, two hard fast options or two hard fast features, the disk drive and the storage and a potential like sometimes option, which is the 60 frames per second at 4K. So... You know, if they drop the price of the S Series X, then it becomes a little bit more uh, palatable. But so far, we have yet to hear anything about that side. Which, by the way, speaking of dropping the price, check your inboxes. Target was running a deal where they were 
pushing out coupons to allow you to buy the Series S at $249. Again, that was their holiday pricing last year. And so keep your eyeballs peeled if you're on the on the lookout for a Series S. And then Mr. Joe Finn says, any update on your personal productivity tools? Still using Notion or OneNote? I'm not using Notion or OneNote. I'm now all in on loopage. Uh, I will tell you that Notion is still far superior to loop. And the loop components, they work and they're great, but they're still not... I don't know. There's something I can't quite put my finger on why the experience isn't perfect yet. But either way, uh, I'm using Loop. I'm trying to use it on everything because it's something I kind of quasi already pay for. At least my work pays for it. And so that way, yeah. But like deep down in my gut, I still like Notion uh, quite a bit more. So we'll see. We'll see how long I can hold out. So there you go. There you go, guys. Like I said, a couple big topics this week, a couple things going on. Uh, we are heading towards Microsoft's end of year. June 30th is the end of their fiscal year. So sometimes we see Microsoft just ram out a whole bunch of announcements before the end of the year as people try to hit their deadlines, they get their bonuses because they say, look, if we launched it in this fiscal year, then we get a bonus. So uh, be on the lookout for a bunch of smaller announcements likely getting rammed out here over the next couple weeks. But that is it, my friends. And as always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.